welcome back to another episode of Tea Time with Key. I'm your host, Kiara Overton. As usual, I hope you guys give this video a big thumbs up, subscribe to the channel, make sure you guys turn on your notifications so you can stay tuned to more episodes of Tea Time with Key. Today on the show, I have one of my great friends, someone who's done a lot in the community, and his name is Trevor Rudd. Trevor, you can go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everyone. My name is Trevor Jamar Rudd. I am an alumnus of North Carolina A&T State University. I graduated with two degrees in information technology and business education. I'm the chief executive officer for the Village Mentoring Incorporated, which is a local nonprofit here in Greensboro that was started three years ago. And we focus on student development within a minority male community. So how did the village get started? Um, the village got started uh, really through a vision I had back in 2016. Um, I was coming out of a real low moment. I always feel like, you know, a lot of people's ideas, they come from when you're in like a low place, mm -hmm. you know, you start to want more. So, you know, for some people, it just kind of comes to them what they want to do. For some people, it's kind of like, you know, they really push out. There's more I want to do. Mm -hmm. So for me, you know, I think I just sat around one day and I thought about the, op the possibility of doing a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. At first, I thought it was very cliche mm -hmm. because... You know, we are in a generation of millennials. Right. So every day you see someone saying, mm -hmm. I want to be my own boss. I right. want to do this. I want to do that. But I did not have a clue of anything about entrepreneurship at mm -hmm. all. Um, however, so I tried to put ideas in the back of my mind. It kept coming in. Um, and then the word village just kept sticking out to me. And just from my uh, time at undergrad, I always kind of connected with like a lot of younger males. And of course, you know, with both of us mm -hmm. going to an HBCU, most of those males were, you know, minority. Right. Um, so, you know, just with my um, empathetic, I guess, characteristics that I have with other people, mm -hmm. I felt like I did well with handling other people. And um, I always said that I felt like God blessed me with two things. Um, the ability to make other people present their best selves, mm -hmm. and he allowed me to be a great listener. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, I just feel like I, I had what it took to make an impact on other people's lives. However, I didn't know if doing the village was something that would be sustainable mm -hmm. or something that would be well embraced. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're going four years strong. Yeah, we're dude, we, sustainable. Yeah, we just turned three in December, so now we're in our fourth year. Mm -hmm. um, but it's been, it's definitely been a roller coaster. Mm -hmm. It's been up and up and up. I can I honestly say we have not went up, down, up, down. Mm -hmm. It's only went up. But of course, you know, um, if you're an entrepreneur, you understand that it's hard. It's yeah. a daunting task, especially when you're in the business of helping other people. You know, mm -hmm. there's a lot that comes with that. But, you know, I like to feel like, um, for every, for all the work I do, for every, you know, uh, I guess, task that comes with the job, mm -hmm. you know, God gives me the strength to handle it. Right. So it's been, it's been a pretty uh, blessed journey. Mm -hmm. And with you uh, bringing up God, do you feel like you're walking in your purpose, like when you started the village? Honestly, at first, I wasn't sure. Mm -hmm. um, I think the common thing that is a struggle for a lot of us mm -hmm. and like our generation is trying to decipher whether or not we are hearing God's voice mm -hmm. or is it just our voices talking real loud, mm -hmm. you know? And that. so whenever I make any decision, even today, like when I make any decision, 
I'm always thinking, is this something God wants for me or mm-hmm. is it something that I just want for myself? Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm blaming it on him. Mm-hmm. Um, so at first I wasn't sure, um, especially because when we first started, you know, I, it wasn't embraced very heavy, you mm-hmm. know, for, I would say for the amount of people I know that know me and know my work, you know, a lot of people did not apply originally. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that was a sign that, you know, yeah, Trevor, that's you you know, you went off and did something to yourself. That's not really something God wanted for you. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, I had the mentality of what good is it going to be to quit in three weeks, though? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. let me ride it out for at least six months mm-hmm. uh, just so I can say I gave it a fair try. And after I hit, like, the second month, you know, from the different workshops we did, programs, and the way we were out in the community doing things, it just seemed like a plethora of people started coming in. Mm-hmm. How can I join? I want to join. Mm-hmm. Wow, that looks great, man. I really love like, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so from there, I'm like, wow, like, we can really do something. That first year, we took a lot of risks. Mm-hmm. Like, we did a lot of things. And I think that was probably my first year was definitely the most stressful. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a lot of people, you know, when they start stuff, you know, typically they're very timid that right. first year. They're kind of like, you know, well, let me just coast by. Not do too much, do mm-hmm. a couple things here and there because, you know, I got to keep my sanity right. and I want everything to be nice. Mm-hmm. But for me, I was kind of like, you know, if I'm going to do it, let's just go all oh, in wow. the first time mm-hmm. because you see your first two, three or four years is trial and error. Yeah. You know, it's trial and error and you're trying to figure out your structure. You're trying to figure out, you know, what kind of disciplinary policies am I going to put here? What kind of like incentives, what kind of team do I need Mm -hmm. you know location time place like Mm -hmm. connections partnerships so I went all in my first year because I felt like you know that was a year where I could excuse myself if I messed up Mm -hmm. you know but everything that we did that first year it ended up being phenomenal Mm -hmm. and so we've been able to like redo a lot of programs and community projects and things year by year so as we said, we're going to our fourth year. A lot of things we're doing this year is kind of like our fourth time doing it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it worked out. Right. How has, because um, I know you've impacted a lot of people's lives. And even before you started the village, you had even impacted mine before. So, how does uh, you being like a person that does impact people's lives, how does that make you feel personally? <sighs> Look, that's, don't play. You're to be full. That is the... Mm-hmm. Seriously, that's the emotion. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when I get that question, it's mm-hmm. kind of surreal because, mm-hmm. you know, I am a first-generation college student. Mm-hmm. Um, I did grow up in a very rural community, and, you know, I had no brothers. I have mm-hmm. no neighbors. Mm-hmm. Um, and to come to college in itself was very surreal. Mm-hmm. Um, and all I wanted my freshman year was to get out of my box mm-hmm. and to try new things. And... Like most people, I wanted to leave some type of legacy, right. you know, when I graduated. Um, but, you know, when you're young like that, you never know, like, what does it take to leave a legacy? Mm-hmm. What does it really mean to leave your mark? Right. And I think what some people get messed up at is people won't leave their mark, but they do it in a selfish way, mm-hmm. you know? Um, you leave your mark through the imprint you leave on others, mm-hmm. not really yourself. Right. You know, mm-hmm. the strides that you make in building other people up are small wins for you. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, for me, every time that I feel like I'm able to help someone, give someone some direction or say the right thing to them at the right time, mm-hmm. 
you know, I go to bed feeling like I made a small win today. Mm -hmm. And I would say that that's how it feels, you know, when I go to bed at night, it's like, wow, like I feel like I made a lot of small wins today. It could be something as simple as shooting somebody a text and then responding and saying, man, I really needed that today. You know, but I will say this, my constant outpour of investment in other people, um, there is nothing I've put out that I've not got back tenfold. Mm-hmm. And so for um, a lot of people who meet me, they say, you know, wow, you know, you handle all of these guys. Do you ever feel drained? Do you ever feel overwhelmed? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, sometimes I do. And it's not because of them as people. It's because, you know, we deal with people. People also have their own burdens mm-hmm. and they also have their own problems. Um, and you take on those emotions, mm-hmm. you know, especially when they look at you to be like, a strong foundation of support. Mm-hmm. But I look at them and I say, if I can do it for them, when it's time for me and I have a hard time, not only do I have a community and a village of people who are so willing to give that back, mm-hmm. but I look at myself and I'm like, if I can do it for them, mm-hmm. surely I can do it for myself. Right. You know? So I guess being strong for other people, it's a reminder of the strength I have for my own self. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's the, that's the confident and, um, and, you know, the blessed part about all of it. Um, when I look at how it affects me, mm-hmm. and how I look at it. But, you know, it is hard because sometimes you want to balance being very appreciative. You know, pat yourself on the back, like, good job. Mm-hmm. But you still want to be humble. Right. Because there are people... Who will the first time you give yourself a compliment mm-hmm. will write you off like, right. oh, mm-hmm. you know, here he go, right? He now think, know. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so you definitely have to always come across humble, um, without getting too caught up in what everybody else thinks, right? Because the reason why people like you is because you're authentic, mm-hmm. and so when you get too caught up in what people think, it shows, mm-hmm. and you might lose the impact you have. So there's a lot of thoughts that come through my head on mm-hmm. a normal day. Um, I'm pretty sure like many other people, but you know, like someone who has not even started yet, you know, I'm still trying to find my way. Right. And did you imagine, like, cause you said you came from a rural, uh, town, uh, you said you didn't have no neighbors, like you just came from like a small town. Did you imagine that you would be where you are right now? Do you feel like this was manifested? Um, <clears throat> so my mom, she always put different things in me. So one thing she always told me when I was young was readers make leaders. Mm-hmm. She always had me reading. Um, but she always told me, you know, you know, you're going to be a doctor one day. You're going to mm-hmm. be a lawyer. And she wasn't putting the stigma on me on what route I should take. Mm-hmm. I think that was her way of telling me, when you put your mind to it, you could do whatever you right. want to do. Mm-hmm. But I would say that I, since high school, I've always had a urge to feel like, you know, one day I'm going to be humanitarian. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have what it takes to impact a mass amount of people. Mm-hmm. But back then, I did not have the confidence. Mm-hmm. I did not have the presentation, the speaking skills, um, but most importantly, the confidence. Mm-hmm. And I always thought in the back of my head, there is something special waiting for me in the future. Mm-hmm. I just don't know what it looks like. Mm-hmm. And I just don't know what where that ladder is that I have to climb. Right. Um, but I always knew that it would come to me. And when I came to college... My two main goals for myself, outside of, you know, graduating, was to, every day, always be consistent and always be genuine. Mm-hmm. Always be consistent, always be genuine. Because that are, that's the qualities that, you know, you meet a lot of people these days and they don't have. 
That's a fact. You know? Mm -hmm. um, and it's not because people are bad people. I think people are just so busy trying to find themselves mm -hmm. and then they lose themselves in others or they lose themselves in habits or hobbies mm -hmm. and then they find themselves again. Right. And from the outside, it just looks like they're all over the place. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I, I just always try to, you know, keep a smile on, treat people kind, people will treat you kind, treat people with respect, you know, don't um, talk bad about other people, don't indulge in environments that are not conducive to your growth, um, and, you know, stay in your own lane. Right. But don't be afraid, though, to step in other people's lane when it's for their greater good. Right. So what's some advice that you have for people that are thinking about starting a nonprofit or even are thinking about getting into the education system like you are? For the education system is a career that a lot of people don't go after because mm -hmm. of the pay. Um, if you're going to go into the education system, you have to be passionate about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes you can be underpaid for the work you're putting in. But your work ethic has to come from right here. Mm -hmm. You know, it has to come from right here. And I think for me, I'm very passionate about student development. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's different things within the education system. You know, you have your teachers, your school administration, you know, higher educators, um, academic advisors in college. But there's a lot of things in the education system that you can do. You know, there's a business side to the education system, right. um, which is what I currently do now. And so, I think you just have to find your niche mm -hmm. and make sure that you're prepared to make that commitment. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people who are in certain fields, and when the job search gets hard, they're kind of like, well, let me just go straight to education. Mm -hmm. And truthfully, because there's always an opportunity there. There's always an opportunity in the education system. Mm -hmm. But you won't last long if your heart's not in it. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, for nonprofit, I would say... Don't be too so quick to pay all this money out mm -hmm. for the name mm -hmm. and the, you know, I want this document and I want this status and I want this and I want that. So I'm going to go get a lawyer. I'm going to go to LegalZoom. And mm -hmm. it's not a bashing of those options, but truthfully, when I started the village, I didn't have the money to afford a lawyer. Right to do my incorporation, mm -hmm. to do a 501c3, mm -hmm. to get my EIN and mm -hmm. uh, create my bylaws. You know, I didn't have, a, I couldn't afford it. So what did I do? I went to the IRS websites, the Secretary of State websites, um, searched on Google, you know, documentation for this, you know, how do you create amendments for this? Mm -hmm. And I read. Mm -hmm. And that notion of what my mom say, readers make leaders, mm -hmm came in handy at that time because I literally learned how to build a nonprofit and how to work it and the ins and outs of it through mm -hmm. reading. Right. You know, and it was really an easy process. And so I would say, you know, be mindful of how you spend your money and how you invest too early. Um, also because the village for the first six months, we were not a nonprofit. We, I just will always tell people, you know, we're a community group mm -hmm. because I wanted to make sure that the village was something that was going to stick mm -hmm. before I start putting all of that extra money behind it, right. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so everything to getting a website to, you know, um, funding our email hosting to, you know, um, now looking to get in certain things trademarked and, 
uh, getting a patent on this, to creating a scholarship program. All of those things came into play as we saw the growth of the organization. Mm -hmm. All of that stuff was just not laid out. Mm -hmm. You know, also too, you know, don't wait until you plan everything to actually start. Mm -hmm. If you do that, you will never start. Mm -hmm. Because you will always feel like, I don't have this together. I don't right. have this together. I, I did not have anything mm -hmm. together. I had a little Weebly website. <laughs> <laughs> um, and maybe, you know, a couple other, a couple other things that... Mm -hmm. When I look back on it now, it's kind of like, oh my God. Like, <laughs> that was such a downgrade from mm -hmm. what we do now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it comes with time. You know, you got to step out there and just do it. Experience is the best teacher. That's a fact. And so the trial and error is what really helped me. So I would say, don't be afraid to go out there and just start and then let your mistakes teach you how to be better. Mm -hmm. I like that. That was a nice way to end the episode off. Thank you, Trev, for pouring into me and everyone else that you pour into. I'm sure this episode will pour into the people that get to watch it. And thank you guys for watching another episode of Tea Time with Key. I'll see you guys on the next one.